Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engage podcast. Hosted by Bunny Pounds, this podcast is created as part of our ministry to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower believers in Jesus Christ to pray for our nation and elected officials regularly, to vote in every election to impact our culture, and to help us engage our hearts in some form of civic education and involvement for the well-being of our nation. Please share this podcast and our ministry with your family and friends by asking them to take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. They can take the pledge on our website at christiansengaged.org. We can all change America one heart at a time. We are here to serve you and empower you to be a leader in your community. Today we are joined by Amen Ross. Amen is the president of Kingdom in Politics, and he will be discussing the importance and practical steps of raising up the next generation of Christians who are involved in the political sphere and run for public office. Everybody, we are on a incredible series talking about raising up the younger generation. Um, that there is a, a awakening church happening. There is people that are waking up and realizing that they have to save their nation. That they need to be a part of the story of America. You know, we're four years from turning two hundred and fifty years old. I mean, that's amazing. Our republic has lasted. 250 years almost, but we have a responsibility to take ownership of that and keep this republic, right? And so I'm excited to talk to a dear friend. We actually interviewed him at the beginning of this podcast. I think it was episode 27, if you can go back and listen to that, guys. But Eamon Ross has just become a dear friend through the last years, and his company, Kingdom and Politics is really at the tip of the spear of what's happening in the church right now. And I am excited to talk to Eamon. Eamon, how are you? Bunny, thanks for having me. Doing well, thank you. From sunny California. Well, you know, Eamon was a business guy for over 20 years and then got involved, and we'll go into that briefly, with a race with um, Kevin Stitt, who was running for governor of Oklahoma, became his campaign manager and had to figure this whole thing out. And then ran a couple other campaigns and then launched a company that we're going to talk about, Kingdom and Politics. If you guys have not heard about what Eamon's doing to get campaigns uh, resourced, to get consultants resourced and candidates resourced, this is important. So, Eamon, um, tell us a little bit about, first of all, your vision and mission for America. I mean, how should the body of Christ get involved with America right now? You know, Bunny, there's been this disconnect, uh, particularly in the body of Christ across the country. You know, people love to use the uh, separation of church and state argument. Um, Most Christians go to church on Sunday, um, pull into their garage, shut it, and don't pay attention to anything that's going on in their own backyard uh, throughout the week. And, you know, I think that, you know, it's interesting when we think about what does it look like when Christians don't get involved in politics, all you need to do is turn on your TV. And that's what it looks like. And it's funny to me, you know, I, I speak to 
pastors and groups all over the country all the time. And they always ask me, you know, it's such a dark place. Uh, it's, it's just evil and blah, 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 all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, like we haven't been involved at all. So what did you expect? And so that's really our heart behind what we do. Our mission is to educate and inspire believers to run for office and work on campaigns. And over the next 10 years, we've, we've built an online video training platform. And then, like you said, we, we provide consulting and consultants uh, for campaigns all over the country from school board to governor. And it's really our mission is to uh, raise up 100,000 believers to run for office in 10 years. You know, what most people don't realize, and I know that you know this, but there are over 550,000 elected offices in the United States from school board to president. And so 100,000 of those, you know, we're talking about 18% of the equation. It's a small part of the voice, but we have to be engaged. Uh, yes. And we need like real information that's empowering the body of Christ, which is why, you know, you know, we created our on-ramp to civic engagement seminar and then we're releasing in December our Salt and Light, How to Impact Your Local Community. So in that curriculum, I'm going to give everybody about 45 minutes to an hour of how to run a local campaign. But if that becomes a teaser for you, you've got the understanding, you've got the vision, you've got the, the theology on why you need to take your city for Christ in the government realm— then you need to hook up with Amen and all his resources for kingdom and politics. So walk this people through this, Amen. They they look at your website, kingdominpolitics.com. Um, and oh, by the way, you're a great podcaster as well. You have a great podcast that everybody should listen to. Um, but, you know, they contact you and say, hey, I want to run for office or I, I have a friend who's about to run for office and we need to help them. Tell me about the process. How do people find your curriculum and use it? Sure. You know, politics is a really interesting um, arena and people view it differently than they do, I think, any other aspect of life. If you want to go into the business world, you know, it behooves you to learn some basic business principles. If you want to go into the medical field, you're going to need to learn uh, about medicine. And in politics, there's so much value in learning how to be a great candidate or a great campaign advisor. And so what we've done is we have taken input from over 100 consultants across the country and created a curriculum where, um, and, and we really want people to do this in small groups. You know, our goal is to have churches across the country doing small groups where a couple of people are running for office and then a couple of, um, you know, a handful of people are volunteering or helping those people run for office. And once everyone is educated on the process and understands really what's important and what to look out for, the pitfalls to avoid, you can really focus on the things that matter to make sure that you run the best campaign possible. I mean, if you are the person that says yes, you know, I mean, it's funny. We live in a republic, like you mentioned. And I don't know if you guys, if your producer can pull this up, but Romans 13, 1 um, talks, you know, this is the verse that pastors usually use when they're telling me, you know, why they don't get involved in politics. You know, that let uh, no, no authority other than God, God has established all the authorities. And yeah, that's a paraphrase. Yes. But um, my, my point is, you know, we live in our public. So the authorities that God establishes, they're the ones that raise their hand and say, I'll do it. You know, this is not a, a dictatorship. There's, and so the only people that get established as the governing authorities are the ones that say yes. And so if you do say yes, if you do feel called or, or led 
to go into this space and 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 serve, you know, do you have to steward that well? And that's the problem that we see with most candidates is they just put their name on there and they have some friends who's, you know, cousins, uncles, grandpa ran a campaign, you know, 25 years ago for mayor. You know, times have changed and yes. there's a lot to learn and a lot to keep up with. And there are definitely best practices that candidates and campaign staff can implement to make sure that they're maximizing this opportunity. Yes. Amen. And, and, <laughs> you know, really we are the, we, the people are the ones that put our representatives in power, right? According to our constitution. So we're actually the ones, um, the sovereigns, right? That actually have the power to elect people. And what a responsibility, Amen, that we have to elect people to represent us in our state house, our state senate, in our federal government. We're we're not electing people just based on, you know, hey, who do we want to have a Diet Coke with? But who actually carries our values and we know is going to be consistent in those values when they get in office. You know, it's always hard to discern that, but we've got to try to make those hard decisions. Right. You're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, one of the things I hear often on why Christians don't engage uh, is, you know, they, they feel like, oh, you know, it's always the lesser of two evils, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, so much of your life is about the lesser of two evils. You know, should I eat this hamburger or should I have the salad? Right. I mean, people get, get so self-righteous about yes. candidates and, and, you know, oh, you know, well, they blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whoa, why don't you take a step back? You know, this person is saying yes to do this. Not a lot of people say yes. And so maybe you should stop trying to find all the reasons you don't like them or you don't agree with them or you don't want to donate to them and, and really dig into um, that, you know, into why should I support this person? We should look at it from a totally different perspective. And, you know, it's funny. I was I was on this live stream earlier this year uh, with this church, and this pastor uh, is doing a panel with me and another pastor, and and he's kind of irritated, right? I can tell. And he's like, "Well, what do you have to say about all of the people that you know? Um, you know, how am I supposed to go work in a in a public office with all these people I don't agree with, and I can't stand what they stand for, and blah 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 goes on." And I know, and it was one of those moments where I'm like, I just, you say this quiet prayer because, you know, I just wasn't quite sure how God wanted me to answer this. And, uh, I instantly had it. And, you know, I said, well, WWDD. And he's like, what's that? I'm like, what would Daniel do? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, do you think that Daniel agreed with all of the policies and procedures and the things, the debauchery that was going on in Babylon at that time? I don't think he did. No. But you know what he did? He worked with excellence and he had integrity and God raised him up to be the second most powerful person in the world at that time. And that's all we need. The world can change with one person, you know, and whether that's the your local world, your school board or city council or mayor's office, you know, the district supervisor seats, there's so many offices to run for. Or, you know, as you said, state rep, you know, Congress. Or, or an executive um, leadership role. But there are so many ways that we can get involved and you don't have to agree with everybody that's, you know, that you're working with. But you know what? You do have to show up with a heart of love. And that's something that we really work with on our candidates is like whenever you're coming to your campaign or if you went to that office, 
you need to come from a place of love because you are going to be the leader over people that you agree with the and people that you don't agree with. Uh, yes, yes. And, and so you see, you got involved with this as a business person because you had a friend, Kevin Stitt, who decided as, you know, he had some money that he could throw at a campaign. He felt called that he was going, supposed to run for governor of Oklahoma, like out of nowhere, right? And can you give us a little bit of just a couple stories of you walking beside believers like that, that have decided, hey, I'm going to go for it. And some of the things that you learned, and then I want to get into all the mistakes that people make as believers <laughs> that, oh, yes, I'm just going to wake up one day and I'm going to run for office, right? There's a lot more to it. But give us a little bit more of your background, Amen, for those who didn't hear the podcast uh, in 2021 um, that actually got you here. Sure. So I was on a half business, half mission trip to China. And what's crazy is today on my phone popped up on this day today, I was literally standing on the Great Wall of China six or seven years ago. And so this story literally happened today then. And so I'm walking along the Great Wall and I'm just kind of quietly praying. And I've never had this experience before or since, Bunny, but it was one of those straight biblical, straight out of the Bible moments where it's thunderbolts and lightning and God spoke to me. And he said, Amen, you think too small. You don't think generationally. And I, I was instantly in tears. I was actually scared. Wow. Um, it just really just kind of shook me to my core. So I came back to the States. I'm getting coffee with one of my best friends. And I tell him the story. And he says, well, what do you think it means? And I said, Kevin, I've been praying about it for the last week. And I said, for some reason, I think God wants you and me to put our heads together and put godly leaders in positions of authority at the state and national level. And he just stares blankly at me for like 10 seconds. I'm like, you okay? What's going on? He said, do not tell anyone this, but I think God's calling me to run for governor. And I said, oh my gosh, that's crazy. And he goes, be my campaign manager. And I said, Kevin, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. I don't like politics. I don't really care about politics. You know, I've never done anything but vote. And he said, me neither. Well, fast forward a few months, I left the business world and went to run his campaign. And, and I will tell you, I do have the uh, spiritual gift of hiring people much smarter than myself. And so I interviewed consult over 150 consultants across the country in every specialty, took copious notes, had, had 20 binders of information um, th throughout that two-year process. And, uh, you know, we, we were so fortunate. It was a 10-person primary. We made it to the top two. Um, we beat out the lieutenant governor at that time. And then we won the runoff and won the general election and he became the governor of Oklahoma. Unbelievable. So after, it was amazing. It, it was, was just amazing. a miracle, you know, it is that kind of stuff only happens on TV. Right. Yep. And so I was just so proud of our team and just the way that God worked through it all. And during that process, Kevin and I realized that in Oklahoma and all those surrounding states that we traveled during the campaign, how the body of Christ has its head in the sand. And would not engage, would not pay attention, couldn't care less about what was happening. And, you know, as I learned more and all these decisions that really affect your family, I mean, these are generational impact decisions, you know, whether it's on a school board or whether it's as governor, these decisions impact your generation and the next generation. And so after the campaign, he had asked me to be the chief strategy officer for Oklahoma. And I said, you know, Kevin, I just worked 80 to 100 hours a week the last two years. 
Um, I have three young kids, so, uh, and a wife, and I'm going to take some time off and spend it with them. And so what I did during that time off is pull together, uh, the consultants and wrote out, wrote out the entire curriculum and then ended up moving to California to run a congressional campaign. And, and after that was over, um, we had a production company help us film the entire program, put together all a starter kit with all the best practices and, um, you know, really strategy and assignments and, and everything that you would need, um, that I wish I had had, um, to run a full blown statewide campaign. And, and the thing is, you won't need all that if you're running for a lower level office, but knowing it empowers you to make decisions that you wouldn't normally make. Uh, yeah. And this is so worth the money, guys. I mean, you're going to pay, you know, a consultant like $5,000 just to get started, right? So you can get with Amon's program and and get it for your whole small group and your church and empower so many people to get involved in this space and to get you know, beginning information, you actually do analysis and help people with even their campaign strategy a little bit one-on-one too, right, Eamon? We do what we do one-on-one and we do group coaching. So, you know, we have school board races all over the country right now. We have uh, city council, state rep, congressional, and it's truly so encouraging to see all of the leaders that God is raising up. And I'd like to share just a short story with you if I can. Yeah, please. You know, people often ask me, you know, what if, you know, do I have what it takes to be in that office, right? Do I have what it takes? I feel like I'm, I may be interested in it. God's calling me to it. And, you know, the first thing I say is like, watch, you know, go to, go to a couple of the, you know, the meetings, listen to the leaders, hear what they have to say. You will soon see that there's nothing magical about any of these people. They just said yes. And I had a lady, this is now about three years ago, two and a half, three years ago in, in Chico, California. So it's right outside Davis where all of the crazy um, gender transition without parental consent kind of started. Um, they do a lot of that there for minors. And she said, you know, I feel like God's calling me to run for school board. Um, you know, can you talk me through this? And I said, well, tell me your story. And she said, well, I'm a homeschool mom who's never been to college. And then kind of goes on to tell the rest of the story. And I said, okay, well, if you feel like God's calling you to do this, you know, happy to help you. And so we do. And there's six people running for two seats and the two incumbents are running for their seats again. She goes through our program. She does everything we ask. We're helping her along the way. She does an amazing job. She really puts in the work. And that's what people don't realize about campaigns. You know, so hard. It's It's so hard. (laughs) From start to finish, you have to sprint. It, you have to sprint the marathon. Yeah. And so, um, but but it's so worth it in the end. And so anyway, on election day, she ended up losing. She got third place. But she took so many votes away from the two incumbents that they both lost their seats and two other believers got in. And so they were able, just because she said yes, she was compl- able to completely transform the face of that school board in an area where it's really dark. And so I just want to encourage your listeners that, you know, God can use your win for good and he can use your loss for good. And and that's not really, you know, that that's not on you. You have to do the work, but the results up to him. Right. Duty is ours. Results are God's. Um, and, and that is the truth. I mean, God uses, you know, wins or losses. I, I tell the story of Congressman Michael Cloud on our advisory board. You know, he had maybe 
$100,000 and won four races, like a primary, a runoff, a special election, and a general. And I raised a million dollars and lost, you know, two races. So, you know, it, it's, it's amazing how God, you know, if he wants you in there, he will make the way. If, if this is a, something to go to do something else or for another purpose, um, and I could go through a list of 20 reasons why I now know that I had to run for Congress and why it's not only helped my previous opponent, right, in the district, um, but, you know, the body of Christ now because of Christians engaged, right? So God has a way of using all these things for our good. Now, I want to get into this, Amen, which is people just wake up one day and they feel a calling for America and they automatically think they need to run for Congress, Okay. This is one of my pet peeves. You're covering your face because you know what I'm, where I'm going with this. And they have no understanding of how the process works. They don't understand it costs millions of dollars. They don't know how to campaign. They don't know how to hire anybody. They have no money. Um, but, you know, the good thing is they're being awakened, right? And they're realizing, and, and I, I hate to say this, Congress is the low-hanging fruit. Like their, their ratings are, you know, approval ratings is like, 3% or 5% or something ridiculous right now on both sides of the aisle. But how do you counsel people to look at a smaller race, to look at helping somebody, but there's something they can do besides running for Congress? Sure. So I feel very convicted to never tell someone to do something or not to do something. You know, I, I don't want to stand before the Lord and, and he's like, you know, why did you tell Jane Smith not to do, you know, run for blank? You know, that I called her to do that. So I'm really careful about that. That's good. What I do do is take, take them through a series of questions that hopefully help them draw their own conclusions. I mean, people don't think about this. You know, if, when you run for Congress, you're spending a good chunk of your year in DC. Okay. You're away from your family. You're, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's you're, you're living in a, a, a yeah, you're living in a little tiny apartment um, or sleeping on. I know I have a lot of friends that are in Congress that sleep on the couch in their office. Yes. Um, now, it's it's not a glamorous life. And you're one of 435 people trying to move the boulder uphill. So it's really important for, I think, people to really understand why Congress. Um, but you're right. I can't tell you how many people, or, you know, even scarier, I can't tell you how many people tell me they, they, they feel like they're supposed to run for president. And, uh, you know, and that, and, and listen, we want great leaders. Okay. Running for office. So if you're a great leader, we want to help you run for office and a great leader looks different everywhere, right? Maybe you lead really well with your family or at work or wherever it is, but we need great leaders, you know, the, the biggest problem that we have right now is, is that the leaders sit on the sidelines. You know, as I speak to pastors all over the country, I, I had a priest recently, you know, that, that reached back out to me after I'd spoken to a group of pastors and he said, Eamon, you know, you really forced me to think about something. And I said, well, what's that? He said, you know, when you asked us all to imagine three to five people in our congregations that would be amazing leaders in the public space. And I said, yeah. He said, I instantly had five names. But then I was forced to answer the question, what am I doing as their pastor to raise them up and encourage them and shepherd them 
to go towards that calling. And that's the problem. You know, it's funny. Pastors, <laughs> there are a lot of pastors that are quickly rendering themselves irrelevant because yes. they are not willing, willing to talk about the pink elephant in the room. And the pink elephant in the room is all of the things that their congregation is dealing with Monday through Friday. Right. Okay? That is and so they wanna, true. Yes. And they want to know what you're teaching, right? They want to know what you've been teaching, Bunny. And that's what does God have to say about this? What is a biblical worldview? What does it look like? How does God respond to blank? And that is where they are losing their relevance. And and I will tell you, the pastors that I see start to engage, and I'm not saying get political. I'm just saying, hey, support, you know, encourage people, get involved, to get involved. I mean, you will know the exact issues and challenges facing your community that your church can then come and serve. And I really think that's where the body of Christ misses it. You know, we, you know, I was uh, speaking a couple weeks ago at the uh, Family Research Council's annual summit. And I asked, you know, raise your hand if you go to a church that sends missionaries to China or missionaries to Africa, you know, and everyone raises their hand, right? And I said, listen, I said, that is fantastic. I'm all for that. But how many of you go to a church that are sending leaders who are missionaries into your school board or your state house or Congress, you know, and there's like three and so that's where we're missing it. We need to start viewing the world of politics as the next big mission field. Yes, I 100% agree. And and people are waking up. And in, and I wish, Amen, I say this all the time. I wish a ministry like ours did not have to exist. I wish every local church in America was empowering people on all the hot topics that were teaching Christian worldview, that were teaching people about government and politics or even how to be good business people. But they're not. Unfortunately, we're talking about everything other than what people need to know and what they're dealing with Monday through Friday. I loved how you said that. That was perfect. Um, which leads me to, so you have been teaching at Family Research Council and other places, and you start empowering um, campaign managers, consultants. You and I both know, being in this space, that there are not enough Christians and faith-filled people as campaign managers and consultants, you you can have the best candidate in the world, but if they don't have staff that are understanding of their faith or their ethics, I mean, it is it gets really hard, right? So we need to raise people up, not just to be candidates, but to be campaign managers, consultants, you know, fundraisers, grassroots field directors. I mean, there's so many spaces that we need here. Um, you know, you're, you know, you're exactly right. I mean, there's there's an old adage: the candidate that, that runs their own campaign has a fool for a client, <laughs> and and that is the problem that I see all all too often is the candidates think they can be both the candidate and the campaign manager and the communications director, and that's where we really try to teach people: you look, if you are called to do this, then you need to do the two things that only the candidate can do, and that's raise money and talk to voters. Yes. And so you have to bring together volunteers. And, and listen, if you're a leader, you already know how to cast vision and you already know how to get people to buy into um, the future that you can envision. And so bringing those people along on your journey is so important. Um, yes. And so you have to empower a whole team with a curriculum like what Eamon's offering here. We can't just like run into this guys and go, Oh, I just know how to run a campaign. No, you don't. And I like to say this too. I'll get on my soapbox. 
one of the, the things that empowered me to be the candidate when I ran in 2018 was I'd been a campaign manager and consultant for 10 years or 12 years at that point. And so I understood the process and I thought, well, you know, if I can raise the money and I could convince people I could go to, to Congress, at least I understand what I'm doing. But the problem is very few people understand what they're doing, so they're never going to get through an eight-person primary into a runoff. You know, the only way I was able to do that is I knew how to hire the team and I knew how to train the team and get them all moving in their places. But what are some of the big mistakes that you see? And and I'll start with my first one. People (laughs) running for local government that want to talk about national issues that have nothing to do with the community that they're running on. This drives me absolutely crazy. Amen. I'm like, do not talk about this unless it actually moves the needle. What are some of the big mistakes you make? And it could be any races that you want to talk about uh, that people just make these mistakes all day long. So when, when we do our, as, as the candidates and their staff go through the curriculum, we're also doing zoom coaching, right? And we call this the Matthew ten sixteen principle, and you know we we, we have all heard um, half of this sermon, but but we never hear the other half. And it's wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove, right? We hear the gentle as a dove sermon all the time, but how often is your pastor teaching you the wise as a serpent? And you know you look at the parable of the shrewd manager, where G- you can just envision Jesus throwing up his hands and saying, you know, like why are you guys such idiots? You know, when are you going? You know, when are you going to? I wish the people of the kingdom were as 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 um, wise as the people of the world, and that's one of the things that we we try to imprint on campaigns and staff immediately. Is look, I want you to take off, you know, five of the six Bible verses on your website, okay? And here's why. You know, are you giving a Bible verse um, to the checkout lady at the re- register at the grocery store every day? Um, you know, when you're pumping gas, are you, you know, shouting a Bible verse at the car next to you? You know, we need to be authentic. And I really feel like um, Christian candidates in particular don't realize, like, look, you're going into public office and you have to be very wise about it. And I'm not saying deny anything. I'm just saying you're going to need to be the leader over the people that have a biblical worldview and the people that don't have a biblical worldview. And so you, um, you know, there's no reason to go and alienate people right off the bat um, because you have some self-righteous virtue signaling that you feel compelled to do. And so that's not a very popular item in the beginning, but, you know, I, I'll, I'll share you a quick story. I had a candidate, 25 years, special ops, running for Congress, amazing guy, strong believer, love him. And he had, you know, I said, I, I want you to take all that off. He said, oh, no, it doesn't, you know, I want them to know who I am and be genuine. Blah. I was like, listen, I'm like, when you are in uh, going on one of your special forces missions and you're hanging out at the coffee shop, do you, do you talk about your strategy or what you're doing? And it's like, no, I'm like, that's how you need to think about this. What is your mission to go out there and tell everybody about your mission plus the objective and then implement, you know, um, stand up and vote and, and implement laws and legislation that you believe in. And he's like, I get it. And so that's what candidates need to understand. You know, what's the end goal here? 
Is it for you to get up and tell a whole bunch of people that you love Jesus? Or is it to win the race that God called you to? And then like Daniel did stand up for righteousness and, you know, um, uh, lead well. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Now, another big mistake I see people get into this and they think, oh, I could just like, you know, throw a couple thousand dollars in this and, you know, I don't have to fundraise really. I'm just a God spoke to me and I'm just going to do this thing. But they're not actively pursuing money, which is number one. I hate to say this, guys, but you have to have marketing out for people to know who you are and what your mission is and what your vision is for whatever race you're running. I mean, without marketing, you have nothing in a campaign, which per- means you have to have money. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, as a former fundraiser and campaign manager, Eamon, you know that that's my big pe- pet peeve is not getting into a race, race knowing that you're not going to have to ask for money or put in your own money. But what are some of the other things that you've seen people do? Oh, how long is this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Just give me one more example. Yeah. Just, again, I'm trying to drive the home got the 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 thing home that you need to get if you're going to run for office a year from now or six months from now or two years from now, get the training that you need. Start in Amon's process right now and and consider that and then if you've got people or maybe you just want to get involved and you want to get a, a staffing position on a campaign this is a great way to do it to get this training and learn the system before you ever start applying for those positions cuz you're going to know how to talk the talk you know i think one consistent blunder that i see a lot of potential candidates make you know, I want to run for state representative. Okay, great. Have you been to the Capitol? No. Have you ever watched uh, a couple legislative sessions? No. Okay, well, I suggest starting there because nothing is more embarrassing than if you're in a debate or forum and you're asked that question, you know, when was the last time you were at a, and, you know, you have to do the work. You can watch them online. You can, you should definitely go down and, and do that. You should meet with former um, the people that the people that formerly held that office, it's really important to have an idea of what it is you're actually trying to accomplish. Because you know, when we when we created the curriculum, uh, we did our research and we identified that there are three reasons, main reasons why believers don't run for office. And number one was fear. And you know, we kind of broke fear down into you know the fear of the unknown, the fear of failure, and the fear of success. And so let's debunk the fear of the unknown. Go go meet with former office holders. Go to those meetings, okay? And now you understand what it is, what it's about. That'll put you at peace. And then you have, you know, the fear of um, failure. You know, what if I get attacked on, you know, something that happened years ago and blah, blah. And, you know, those are really real fears. But I will tell you that, you know, after election day, nobody remembers what happened, Okay. People, they, they, and the polling data shows this. I mean, you can spend a million dollars on TV one week, right? And poll, and your issue will be really high. And you can wait two weeks and poll, and it will be down all the way to baseline, whatever it was before you uh, ever marketed. That's the attention span, um, particularly in America. Yep. And then there's the fear of um, success. Like, oh my gosh, what if I win? 
right? Am I able going to be able to leave well in this space? And and that's where you know we we try to help connect candidates with organizations after they win that will really help them stay on track because you know there's a lot of money and a lot of agendas out there that do educate and do market to these um, the people that win their campaigns. And so we just want to make sure that we're connecting them with solid biblical worldview organizations. Yes. And Eamon and I both know who those people are in that space in D.C. and most state capitals. So, yeah, connect with us and we'll help you on that. Um, this is so important, Eamon. And I, and I love to talk about this because I think people need to be involved in either the political party apparatus or they need to be testifying in front of um, the legislative bodies as far as for bills, learn how to follow the bills, like get a, a basic understanding of what it means to serve as a county commissioner or a state representative, you know, push through a bill, activate a hundred people to go down to your state house and push through a bill that you want and then go back and go, I did something, um, well, which well, is so you're important. Exactly, you're exactly right, Bunny. And this is something else that, and that we don't have time to talk about today, but, you know, ballot initiatives. Um, I have a group that went through our program and now they're running an anti-recreational marijuana campaign in South Dakota this cycle. So in a week and a half, you know, we're going to see how they did. But um, it was a, you know, ballot initiative is something that is super fun to get behind. If you're really passionate about a particular issue and you want to be on either the pro side of it or the the um, the no side of it, uh, that's something that you'll be able to do. And you can add that to your resume and go, hey, I mobilized all this. I raised money towards this. I got this defeated. Um, whatever. But man, it gives you a story. I think what that's one thing as we're closing out here, Amen. I just want to emphasize to people, build your political story, build your political resume um, and let God use that and breathe on it. You know, I started out as a homeschooling mom that went and testified in front of a state platform committee on a homeschool issue, never thinking that 20 years later I would be nom nominated by David Barton to represent Texas on the national platform committee. I mean, how does that happen? Well, it happens one thing at a time, one story at a time, right? And and I just want to encourage people that if you're thinking about politics or government or running for office or being a staffer, it's just like any job. You can't run to the CEO position overnight. You can't just, oh, I'm going to go into Coca-Cola right now and become their CEO. No, you have to work the system, right? You have to learn the program and that company, um, the same thing with government and politics. You need to know the players. You need to know what's happening in your state or your area. You need to know how the systems work. You need to know what the job description is. So, again, I'm I'm harping on all my pet peeves here, Amen. and I appreciate well, you going well, no, along the ride with me. You know, you're, you know, Benny, here's the thing. Um, I would 99% of the candidates uh, that we've worked with, whether they win or lose, are so encouraged and inspired by the process. And you there's no better way to meet tons of people all over, you know, your 
city or state, there is no better way to engage and really build relationships that you never would have had before than going through this process. And, and I will tell you, it teaches you something about yourself that I don't know that you could learn anywhere else, you know, putting yourself out there and saying, I'll do it. I mean, at times you'll feel like you're standing in your underwear in front of the room. But you know what? There's a lot of value in that. And God can really use that, you know, humility um, to raise you up into areas that you never would have been able to do before. Exactly. Yeah. I am thankful every day for my experience, um, pretty much being unclothed running for Congress. So thanks for (laughs) reminding me of that. Amen. Well, thank you, brother. I want everybody to go to kingdominpolitics.com. Um, what else do they need to know to connect with you? But everybody should start connecting with you and get this curriculum. You know, uh, because it's your audience, I'm going to give them my personal email address. It's Amon, A-A-M-O-N, at kingdom, N-I-N, politics, plural, politics.com. So Amon at kingdom in politics.com. Reach out. Happy to have a conversation with you. And if it's just a Hey, I'm scared to death, but I think I'm supposed to do this. I have a lot of those conversations and, and that's okay. You know, whether you decide to do it or not, but I will would like to encourage you all to do the work, prepare. Okay. Before you go into battle, it's always good to prepare. Yes. And there is nothing like what Amon's built on the market guys for the body of Christ. So I just want to highly encourage everybody to connect with him. We refer people to you all the time. Amen. Behind the scenes. Um, but again, on a, in a public forum, want to just encourage people to do that. So thank you so much, brother. Enjoy that sunny California (laughs) weather. And, um, uh, thank God we're going into a little bit of fall and winter here in Texas finally. So, well, thank you, bunny. And I just want to say, I love, you know, you are such an incredible inspiration and, I completely understand why people get behind Christians engaged and all the work that you're doing. Um, you know, whether it's in, uh, as a volunteer supporter or investor, because you steward it so well. And it's incredible to see the impact that you're making and uh, thankful to be your friend. Oh, thank you, brother. Well, everybody take the pledge to pray, vote and engage. Start voting in every election and then we'll start getting you our curriculum and, and connect you with Amen. And we want to see people move through this process, become an activist get involved with government, and run for office themselves. Um, So thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Conversations with Christians Engaged. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't ever miss an episode. Also, please review it and share it with your friends. The easiest way to connect with us is to take the pledge on our website at christiansengage.org. There you can sign up for our weekly prayer text, our bi-weekly emails, and our voting reminders. Christians Engaged is supported by individuals just like you. Would you consider helping us with a monthly donation or a one-time gift? You can do that quickly at christiansengaged.org. What does America need in this hour? America needs you. We are here to serve you and encourage you as you impact your communities. Let's be Christians engaged for the well-being of our nation.